Welcome to Ronnie Phillips Podcast. This message is made possible by the partners of Abba's House Media. Help us continue to share this message around the world about how to live free and fully alive. Visit abbashouse.com slash partner to learn more. And before you leave, be sure and subscribe to Pastor Ronnie's YouTube channel. Now, here's Pastor Ronnie Phillips. We've been in a series, Unveiled Calling, Seven Churches of Revelation, and we've reminded you to return to your first love, to stay the course, to resist the enemy. Today, I'm going to be challenging you to refuse feel-good religion. Feel-good religion. Sensuality uh, will only suffice for a few moments, but if you're going to persevere and be all that God has called you to be, you need the authentic enormous, powerful, comfortable, or comforting, I should say, not comfortable, because it's anything but comfortable. Authentic touch from the Holy Spirit. Some of you got it on Wednesday, I heard. And I'm so grateful for the people who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful for all that God is doing in our church and doing in our midst. He is an all-consuming fire. But don't misunderstand those lyrics or God's word. He burns out impurities in our lives. He looks on us with fire in his eyes when we disappoint him. But he's also full of love and grace, restoration, and gives us second chances to make it right. And for some of you watching or listening to this today, God's giving you another chance to follow Him, to serve Him, to come to Him, to be filled by His Spirit. And it is my prayer that you'll heed that chance and that you'll receive all that God has for you to receive. If you have your Bibles or your app on your phone, turn with me to Revelation chapter 2, beginning with verse 18. This is the longest text in the series. And today we look at the church of Thyatira, and we look at the good they were doing, but we look at those hidden obstacles they were wrestling with. It says to the angel of the church in Thyatira, which we know the angel meant the leader, the messenger, the pastor, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire. He's an all-consuming what? His eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering. And I will make those who commit adultery or who are in covenant with her suffer 
intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds and I will repay each of you according to your deeds or to your works. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. I believe that. Some of you need to claim that. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Heavenly Father, I ask you to anoint this word today. Lord, I pray that you do with it what you have preordained for it to do. Lord, I pray people would have an open mind, an open heart, open ears for the next few minutes. Father God, I pray that Abba's house would be a church that makes a decision to refuse feel-good religion. Lord, that this would be the kind of church that stands up for righteousness, justice, and peace. But Lord, that this would be the kind of church that's not afraid of a little fight. It's not afraid of warfare. Not ashamed of casting out devils and demons. A kind of church that's willing to clench their fist and grab their sword, put on their armor when it's time to fight. Father God, we need more than feel-good religion. Lord, we need some warriors to suit up for battle and to take the fight to the enemy. Because Lord, we know that we're not fighting for a victory. <laughs> we're fighting from a victory. You already paid the price on Calvary that we might live free and fully alive. Lord, you've already paid our debt. So we're not to worry about tomorrow. We're not to worry about things that are beyond our control today. We're to look to you and we're to suit up for the fight that you've called us to. For thine is your kingdom, your power, and your glory. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All the other churches that I've preached to you about the last three weeks were attacked externally, which means there was pressure, social pressures coming from outside of the church. This particular church of Thyatira had a problem on the inside of the church. Isn't that typically how the enemy likes to operate in a church? The enemy likes to destroy things from within. That's why when you allow the enemy to come in through your mind, through your eye gate, your ear gate, the things you watch, the things you see, the places you go, the things that you've not confessed, when you allow the enemy to come into your life, uh, he builds a house in there and they are called strongholds. The devil takes a stronghold of your life and that stronghold could be pornography, it could be addiction, uh, it could be gossip, it could be control, it could be fear. Whatever that stronghold is, he's given us the power and those must come down. Because of the blood of Jesus, we know that strongholds can be broken. 
and that we can live in the freedom that Christ has for all of us. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a slave to fear and I don't want to live under the bondage of the old covenant. I want to walk in the grace that God has for me. But the grace life is not an easy life. Give God a shout of praise. You go ahead and clap. No rule against clapping. Living the grace life is not easier. The new covenant of grace is not easier than the old covenant. Because now you have to keep your mind in check. The old covenant said, thou shalt not commit adultery. The new covenant says, if you look upon a woman with lust, you're just as guilty as the person who committed the sin. So just because you hear me preaching grace all the time doesn't mean I'm giving you an excuse to live like you want to live. Living free and fully alive means you're, you're dead and Jesus Christ lives inside of you and has given you life and more abundantly. I was able to watch during my travels the documentary on Joe Paterno done by HBO. As my father used to say in the 80s, Hell's Box Office, you know. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Watch some HBO. But uh, Joe Paterno played by Al Pacino. And the, the sad reality of, of that documentary and the way that J Coach Joe Paterno of Penn State University, the sad reality of that documentary and the way his life ended was that he had done so much good. But he allowed his legacy to be destroyed from the inside. Because he did very little with the information that he had. Now he did what he was supposed to do, but he didn't do enough to protect those children who were abused for 20 plus years by one of his former players and coaches. And it's a reminder to all of us what the enemy wants to do to our legacy, to our church, to our lives. The enemy wants to come in and he wants to kill the momentum. He wants to destroy all the honorable things that have been done in the past. And that's what you have at this particular church. The first thing mentioned in our text today is a tremendous opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. When people preach on this particular text, they always fast forward through the first few verses. And I don't want to do that today because this church had some good qualities, man. They were doing some things right. It says... The first thing, he, he knew their deeds. What is a deed? This means doing unto others as you'd have them do to you. This means feeding the hungry. This means doing missions around the world. It means touching lives every day. It, it, it could mean fellowship at someone's house and having a Holy Ghost prayer meeting like our deacons had last night. It could mean service. It could mean honoring someone like Dr. Alan Johnson like we did this morning for 50 years in ministry. It's doing life together. He says, listen, I know your deeds. God's called us into good works. You could read James. There's nothing wrong with doing good deeds. Everybody say amen. amen. And he says, he, not just their deeds, but their love. The Bible teaches us that love never fails. And we're trying to be known as a church with three pillars, love, freedom, and purpose. So many things you can place under love, but the world has been, been abused and abandoned and pushed away. And we want to show them the love of Jesus Christ. And he says, listen, I know your deeds and I know your love. Ephesians says, whoever lives in love lives in God. 
So how can you hold on to bitterness against your brother, against your sister? And we're to love one another as he has loved us. Then it says, I know your faith. See, you can't have grace without faith. In fact, in the kingdom, you can't have anything without faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. You want a better job? Everybody say faith. You want a debt-free house? Everybody say faith. You want an abundance of rain? Everybody say faith. You want to take that mountain? Everybody say faith. You got to believe in that which you can't see. It preaches better than it lives out on a daily basis. But I'm telling you, whatever you want in this life, whatever God's promised you, you got to believe for it, man. But you can't just believe for it. You've got to start taking steps towards your dream. You got to take difficult steps. There are seasons where you've got to take side steps, big steps, stutter steps, but don't stand still. Faith does not stand still. Faith moves towards that which God has spoken in the past and promised for our future. Then it says service. Hebrews 6 says, He will not forget our works and our love towards one another. He, they had good service. Galatians says we are to serve one another humbly in love. Love that word from pastor. Quit thinking of yourself of a giver. Remember, we ought to be looking at ourselves as servants. And it says perseverance. And your perseverance, the fact that you've not quit, you've stayed in the kingdom, you've stayed in the game. Man, you, you haven't given up on your dreams. You haven't given up on God's call on your life. You haven't given up on your church. You haven't given up on the goals that you set for your life that God gave you from the time you were a small child. The Bible says, do not become weary in well-doing. For at the proper time, in due season, you'll reap a harvest. Everybody say harvest. So they did some things. But Jeremiah teaches us in his word that outward conduct is not the same as inner covenant. See, you can do all of those things and something be wrong on the inside. You can have everything going on for you in life on the outside, but you can be lost. You can be miserable. You can be sin sick. You can be demonized. You can be overcome with guilt, depression, anxiety, and fear on the inside, and no one know it because there's a problem on the inside. This church... Thyatira had a problem on the inside. They were known for their unions. And they would hold sacrifice to feast and to other gods. No one was being burned alive, but there was pressure to bow and to bend to the times in which they were in. And I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes there's a pressure to be accepting, more accepting of things that don't line up with God's word, more accepting... Uh, of demonic spirits and, and negative things. There's pressure, social pressure, and there's spiritual pressure and church pressure, and there's all kinds of pressure that they had. They were known for their trade guilds. They worked hard. They, they had trades and income, and they had organization, and they were known for all of these wonderful things. It says they weren't lazy, man. They weren't a lazy church. They weren't a complacent church. 
They stood strong and, and, and persevered during difficult times. The writer commends them for all of this, their deeds, their love, their, their service, their perseverance. They had an opportunity. Never let an opportunity to do good pass you by. Do you understand in the kingdom of God, there are moments, man, to be seized. There are moments. And these moments will pass you by. There are moments when God speaks. There are moments when God commands. There are moments when God calls you into his presence. There are moments when God shifts you. And if you don't jump, when God says jump, you will miss your opportunity. This has nothing to do with salvation and grace. What this has to do with is God's destiny for your life. This church had a tremendous opportunity. Abba's house has a tremendous anointing, but we also have a tremendous opportunity out in front of us to touch the world. We need more warriors. We need more laborers. We need more servants. We need to reach people with the gospel. We need to share the good news of Jesus Christ on the streets of this city and across the world. And I believe we're doing it, but God's called us to do it in an even greater way in the future. A tremendous opportunity, but yet there were hidden obstacles. What is the hidden obstacle? Everybody say Jezebel. See, God doesn't call for toleration. He calls for separation. This is what it says. Nevertheless, I'm thankful for all the good that we're doing, but nevertheless, I have this against you that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel. Now, let me teach you here for a minute because I came to preach a little today. Um, most preachers are scared to say this, but... It can, this Jezebel spirit can be found in a man, but most of the time it is a woman. Most of the time it is a woman. You can write me a letter later. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. Now, obviously, this wasn't the original Jezebel. This is a woman in the church of Thyatira, uh, and they always flow in the prophetic. They want to kill what they can't control, who calls herself a prophet by her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. Now, sexual immorality was part of the culture then. It was different than our church culture now. Now, it's a part of the culture now, but back then it was considered normal, but she used it in a demonic way to control other people through worship and made it a part of spiritual activity. It says, I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. Jezebel means unhusbanded. One that won't come into covenant with a church, with their husband, with a, with a friend in a relationship. They won't commit. They'll never fully commit. It could also mean someone who um, maybe is in a relationship and who does acts of covenant but still unwilling to be in covenant. Here this woman is compared to the wicked ancient Jezebel, who was married to King Ahab. Now, you'll never have a Jezebel without having an Ahab that allows this controlling spirit to exist, to dominate, to circulate, to aggravate. 
all that God wants to do in the church. You look at every revival in the history of revivals and you will find a Jezebel spirit that took it down. Jezebel hates the church. Jezebel hates the growth of the church. Jezebel is selfish. Jezebel is about their own interest. Jezebel, the original Jezebel, was the daughter of Ethbel, king of the Sidonians. She was married off to Ahab. Her own father probably wanted to get rid of her. In Israel, the king had the final authority, but Jezebel used her influence over King Ahab to control the nation. Now, she's known for stealing Naboth's vineyard and for murdering the prophets and for her controlling ways. We've all heard this particular story. But the reality is she pulled her husband's strings. She controlled the flow of what God wanted to do. She hated authentic moves of God. She promoted false prophets, prophets of Baal and Asherah. She promoted false religion and not the religion of Yahweh. She stole Naboth's vineyard for her husband. This is a vineyard he wanted by a righteous man and she had him murdered. Made him guilty of a crime. She found a way to to get away with it for it to be accepted by the government. But in essence, she murdered Naboth so that her husband and her could have what they wanted. She did horrible things. But understand this, that every dog has its day and every day has its dog. The devil's reign comes to an end. The attacks of the enemy come to an end. Her reign would come to an end. She was killed by King Jehu. And I believe prophetically there are some Jehus rising up across this nation to take our nation back for the kingdom of God. I believe there are some righteous men and women of God who are willing to take a stand for his word and against this Jezebel Spirit. This is what it says in 1 Kings. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, this is what the Lord says. In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dogs will lick up your blood. Ahab said to Elijah, so you have found me. My enemy, I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. I'm going to bring disaster on you. I will wipe out your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and Basha and Ahijah, because you have aroused my anger and have caused Israel to sin. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord said, Dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Dogs will eat those belonging to Ahab who die in the city, and the birds will feed on those who die in the country. So now in Revelation, we have this same spirit operating through a prophetess. Some Ahab has put her in position of authority. She has led many astray, ran folks away from the church, and is now in opposition to God-called and ordained authority. 
Ahab won't confront it or stop it. The preacher won't deal with it. The leadership won't deal with it. Everybody dances around it and it's become a problem. The church has to take a stand. It says, I have this against you that you tolerate this woman, Jezebel. So this obstacle was hidden, it was hurtful, and it caused hell within the church. You see, sometimes what you don't see in the church can kill you. We see things operating and moving in the church that we have to take strong stands against in the supernatural that you don't see because you don't have the same perspective as the pastor. And I want to just say that Jezebel has no legal standing in this place. And by the blood of Jesus, I command every Jezebel spirit to leave and never come back to Abba's house ever again. Now, let's talk about it in a practical way. Jezebel is never wrong. Jezebel is never wrong. Everything is an argument, a misunderstanding, a four-page email, but it never ends with submission or agreement. Jezebel is never wrong. Jezebel assumes illegitimate authority. Example, you make them a leader over an area and they become a tyrant, angrily lording over that area with authority that God nor the pastor ever gave them. They're violent with people. They grab people. They run people away from the church. Jezebel also loves to be close to the person in authority. Jezebel loves to saddle up next to someone in authority that gives them the false permission to hurt God's people. There's only one end for this kind of person, and that's to be thrown out of the window ran over by a chariot, and eaten by dogs. There's only one thing to do with the devil, friend, and that's defeated. There's only one thing to do with someone like that, and that is to throw them out the window, run over them with your chariots, and let the dogs eat them, like was prophesied by Elijah. You can't hide from these kinds of people. You can't tiptoe back in the corner from a Jezebel. You've got to look them in the eye and you've got to say, it's over for you. It's over for you. You might have murdered prophets. You might have caused one to run. But every dog has its day, friend. And every day has its dog. Whatever you do on this earth, and if you hurt people, if you hurt churches and you make false promises, oh, I wanted to be more positive today, but I just can't preach Jezebel with a smile on my face. But let me tell you this, whatever you do on earth, whatever you sow, you will reap. You hurt people. You don't keep your commitments. You won't cohabit or covenant with God's church or His people. You will answer for it. You will stand on the beam of seat of Christ and you will give an account for how you lived your life. Oh, and I know a number of people who have attacked pastors and ministries and churches. Oh, but their day's coming. Every dog has its day and every day has its dog. And I'm telling you, it ought to be a sign to all of us to repent. We need to repent for when we've been against, even unknowingly, the move of God or the call of God. We need to repent. Jezebel always plays the victim. 
They're never wrong, but they're always the victim. When you confront it, it cries like a victim. Anybody relate to that? They're never wrong. They can hurt you, and then when you tell them they hurt you, they're the victim. Everybody say manipulation. That's a demonic spirit. Don't let people manipulate you. They'll use money, sex, blackmail, pride, whatever they need to, to take control. Jezebel was demonic at a root. And let me tell you, nowadays, this is what we would do with Jezebel. We'd go, well, her father worshiped Baal. She's a victim. She can't help it. It's the culture in which she was raised in. Let me tell you, full of hell is full of hell. And there's only one way to deal with the devil, and that's throw it out the window and let the dogs eat it. And I'm telling you, the church of today needs to stop sissy-footing around and take the fight to the enemy. Put their armor on and stop being scared of what everybody thinks and start doing what God says to do. One last omission. Warning and we're closed today. The Lord's saying prophetically there's still time. That grace is still available and that a new beginning is possible. I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering. Now this particular woman in Thyatira, she used sex also. And since she likes beds so much, God says, I'm going to throw you on a bed of suffering. And I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely. Now this doesn't just mean those who have had sexual relations with her. This also means those who are in covenant with her. See, some of you, I'm smiling. You've tolerated Jezebel. You've listened to Jezebel. You're in covenant with Jezebel. And don't ask me why I don't have you preach. Don't ask me why I don't want you serving. If you're in friends with the Jezebel who spoke evil against this house, I don't want you up here. I don't want you involved. I can't tolerate someone who's in a wrong kind of covenant with the devil. And I'm sorry, but I have to give an account when I go to bed tonight for who I let do things here. And if you're friends with the Jezebel, I thank God for the grace and mercy you have for that person. When you're done, I'll use you again. Because I'm tired of the devil attacking this place. I'm tired of the devil attacking my people. I'm tired of the devil attacking my family. And today I've got my armor on, man. I feel like I'm back on the field again. My fists are clenched. Devil, if you want some, just bring it by the blood of Jesus. We've got to start taking the fight to the enemy. The Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. He's given us armor to put on. He tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Some of you need to quit being sissies and you need to start taking dominion over the earth. You need to walk in the anointing of God and refuse feel-good religion and realize you didn't sign up for a carnival. You signed up for a fight. You signed up for a race. And as long as you're living, you need to be involved in the kingdom of God. But open your eyes to see
that the devil wants to kill what God has ordained and anointed. And the people must rise up against this kind of spirit. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering. I'll make those who covenant with this type of spirit suffer intensely until they repent of their ways. It says I'll strike her children dead. I'm going to tell you, you, we preach generational curses and we preach generational blessings, but you don't understand what happens when you are in a wrong kind of covenant generationally. When you covenant with the devil, you don't understand what it means a hundred years from now. When you attack God's anointed in 2018, you don't understand what it'll mean in 2048 for your bloodline. We need the anointing, man. We need to understand we are in a war. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Some of you need to be delivered from demons today. The demon of religion, the demon of control. Some of you grew up in a household where the daddy was scared to say anything and the mother ran everything. That's demonic and unbiblical. And we need to repent says, one thing I have against you is that you have tolerated this woman Jezebel. You've tolerated demons in your church. You've tolerated them in your home. You've tolerated them on your staff. You've tolerated them. But the Lord says, guess what? I'm giving you another shot. I'm giving you another shot to take a stand against the enemy. I'm telling you, not only do we need to take a stand, we need to take dominion. What does it mean? That means you take back the land and the, the ground that the devil has taken from you. You take your family back. You take your life back. You take your church back. And you march ahead with Jesus. I'm here to tell you, I can't prophesy how long... <laughs> I'm going to live, but I promise you, I'm in this thing for the fight till it's finished. And my back stiffened up, spiritually speaking. I got my sword, the word of God, and I'm not backing up till this thing's finished. We've got to walk in the authority that God has given us. Bow your head and close your eyes. I want to do some warfare over you. Some of you have allowed demons to creep into your mind, things you've looked at, things you've tolerated, relationships that you're in, devils, principalities and powers that control this earth have controlled you far too long. So as the shepherd of the house, I take authority over every demonic spirit in this room. And by the blood of Jesus, I command you to leave the sheep of this house. You are not welcome here. Jezebel's spirit, spirit of entitlement and control and manipulation, be gone from this house by the blood of Jesus. Now some of you, on a personal level, you haven't confessed for wrong covenants, wrong relationships, for the sin that's in your life. 
You've allowed things to eat you like a cancer from the inside out. It's affected your mental health. It's affected your family. So I want you in this moment right now as we begin to lead into worship to confess those things. Confess them quietly, out loud. I don't care how you do it. Sometimes to get free, you just need to shout. And if that's what you need to do, have at it. But at the very least, in your heart, I want you to start confessing things that have separated you from God. Maybe it's sex. Maybe it's some kind of addiction. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's spiritual pride or manipulation or anger, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness. Whatever it may be, I want you to confess those things that have hindered you from being all that God has called you to be. Confess them. The Holy Spirit, is, He's like a broom in here today. He's just sweeping some things out. Let the Lord sweep, sweep out your mind and your soul of those things that are ungodly. as you confess your sins to the Lord and from one to another. Ask God to fill you up with the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians. Those things that this particular church was doing right, their deeds, their service, their love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering, gentleness, self-control, all of those things. Ask the Holy Spirit to start filling you with those things right now. Fill you to the overflow. Some of you have been fighting this fight in the flesh. <laughs> you have the, you've been relying on Scripture memorization, not the authorization given to you by God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to receive the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Everyone stand on your feet and just raise your hands up and say, Lord, I receive it. Just say, Lord, I receive it. Lord, I receive it. Hallelujah. Let's say it a little louder. Say, Lord, I receive it. Clean me up, Lord. I repent for tolerating this woman, this demonic spirit in my life, in my church, in my family. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Fill me up with your power, with your anointing. To do your will. Give God a shout of victory. Hallelujah. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask our staff to come forward just a few minutes. You say, Pastor Ronnie, I don't even know what you're talking about today. I don't know what Thyatira is and I don't know who Jezebel is, but I know I don't know God, but I feel his presence and I want to know him. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. That's where it starts. If you need him in your life, just say, Lord Jesus. That's right, Lord Jesus. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, please come into my life and save me. Please come into my life and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. If you prayed that prayer, or if you need additional prayers to get demons out of your life, you come to the altar today. If you need healing in your life, if you want to join this church, you know, Jezebel wouldn't cohabit. She wouldn't come in covenant. Maybe you say, I want to come in covenant with this church and help them get where God's called them to get to. 
You come today. You come and you make a covenant with that which God has already ordained. You come while we worship. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor Ronnie's message. Connect with us at abbashouse.com or ronniephillips.org. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If it has, please subscribe to our podcast. You can invest in helping others live free and fully alive by giving at abbashouse.com slash give. Thanks for listening.